Talk about it with Fran Jazz. Today we have a special guest, professional boxer, Carlos Venegas Nunez. Thank you very much for being here, bro. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming through. How you doing today? All good. In training camp, focused, ready for about three weeks out, ready to cook somebody. Good. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> ready to cook somebody. Let's do it. So let's start from the beginning. Where were you born? I was born in uh, Port Chester, but my family's from Ecuador, so first generation uh, Ecuadorian. Nice. Yeah. So I was I was looking up uh, your history. You had a total of seven fights, was it? Yeah. So I should be seven and zero, but unfortunately, you went to the last fight. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the maybe Helen Keller and Ray uh, somebody blind was judging the fight, but they didn't see it my way, and uh, I'm six and one now. Should be seven and zero, but we we're gonna keep it banging and keep moving forward. How do you how do you deal with with loss after a clean a clean slate like that? You know, mentally, I'm not gonna lie to you. It um fucked me up. I haven't I haven't lost since like I said, Obama was the president. So um, it's been a, it's been a long time. I didn't, and especially when you know you didn't lose, but it's it's been a long nine months. I I tell you that since the fight, it's been fucking me mentally. But you know, now I'm looking at it as like I got a fire in my ass. When I get tired running my miles, you lost, motherfucker. And I need an extra round in the bag and I'm tired. You lost, motherfucker. So I just keep that as a fuel now. That's it's a fire. Like it's and it's never gonna go away because I have that feeling where I was like, I didn't it didn't go my way and it's not gonna happen again. So I always push the extra step now with that loss. So I, I'm taking it as a benefit. I, early in my career, we're just gonna keep it pushing. It's a corny quote, but people say you, you turn the L into a, a lesson. Yeah. So what do you think you got most from it? Besides, because I already see you got the 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 drive from it. But besides that, what did you learn most? I mean, I, I learned that I don't like to lose, man. That's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a very, very uh, competitive person. And, man, it fucked me up because, like, I like I had a whole plan. And I was like, I was going to propose to my girl in the ring. Like, I just moved in with my fiance. It's It was a lot leading into that fight. And, like, when they said the scorecards, like, I don't know if you saw my face. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't talk for, like, two hours after that fight. I had to sit down and be like... Wow, I, I really lost. But, I mean, I I can't complain. I turned the worst day of my life into the best day of my life, and now, now I'm engaged to my beautiful fiancé. So it's just, you know, like you said, take that L and make it a lesson. I didn't want to. It was, like, forced on me. But, like I said, I got that fire in me now. And the next person in front of me, I don't care if it's Mike Tyson, Floyd Mayweather, someone, they're getting fucked up. I'm not letting it go to the judges no more. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. I like that. Congratulations on the engagement. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad it happened. So, so <laughs> since it didn't happen in the ring, what would you do it? You know, I, like I said, I was in my locker room. I did not want to come out. I, my people were blowing my phone up. Like, where the fuck are you? Like, come out. Like, forget it. It's a loss. Like, everyone knew I was gonna, except for my fiance, knew that I was gonna propose. So everybody was like, "What do we do now?" Like, they were expecting the ring. You know, pictures, <laughs> balloons, and I didn't want to come out. I was embarrassed. Like, I sat, I sat down, and then I was, you know, you know what? I'm let me turn the worst day of my life into the best day of my life. And I was like. Came out as soon as you uh, walk out of the arena. I just fucking dropped down on one knee and proposed to my girl, and you know the rest is history. Nice, yeah. very nice. I like that. <clears throat> what originally got you into boxing? So um, that's kind of like a funny story. My uncle fights professional Muay Thai, and I, I've, I like I, I like going to his fights and seeing all that shit. So I was like, you know what? Let me try that. So he had me in the gym one day holding uh, the kick pad thing. He kicked my leg. I said, fuck that, and put me in a boxing gym and. I just never, never walked out. So I was like a, always a kid with a lot of energy, and, and that really taught me the discipline. And 
all of that I lacked in my life and have never stepped out of the gym since. You used to do wrestling too, right? Yeah, I wrestled uh, in high school. And that also gave me a little discipline. So I was like, you know, I, I could wrestle. I see all the MMA shows. Like, let me try the Muay Thai. Muay Thai wasn't for me at all. Um, I thank my uncle for putting me in the gym and it changed my life, to be honest. Like, a different person. Before, I was just like a hothead and all that. But now, all nice and relaxed. And it's a disciplined lifestyle. And like I said, it's a short career. So <clears throat> party after we're done. Discipline. That word is so deep because... I feel like people that 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 are are into sports know it more passionately than a regular person because you're you're going through uncomfortable things. You're, all the all the training, the exercises, the, the the muscle spasms, all the all the pain, all all the losses, everything. It's a lot. Can, can you tell us about discipline deeper than just going to the gym, going to the gym, going to the gym mentally? What's discipline to you? Oh man, this discipline is like you said, it sucks. It you know discipline is like. When you have to go run six miles and you stare at your shoes for 10 minutes, but you walk out of the door and get it done. I don't want to do that. I work a full-time job. I work 50, 60 hours a week sometimes, and I still got to go to the gym three times a day. So that means discipline for me is I got to be at work at 7, wake up at 4, 4.30, either run or go to do my strength and conditioning. After that, I get out of work at 5.36, sometimes it's overtime, 6.30. Then I go straight to the boxing gym. Boxing gym could be anywhere from... Uh, an hour and a half to two hours then we're done with the boxing gym and then depending on if i did the road work at four in the morning i either run or do my strength and conditioning after so i'm not getting to bed or home till like 10 10 30 and then it's just you know fucking tired Hell shower yeah. and sleep that's it it's bad. that's what camp is like is three three workouts and i'm going straight to bed sleep like a baby though <laughs> So tell us a little bit about camp since you bring it up. When when he got here, I offered him a beer. He said, "No, I'm in camp." Yeah. And I knew there was there are strict things about diet, proper sleep, of course, um, definitely alcohol, no drugs, and I've also heard sex. Yeah. So um, for me, I I've never uh, drank nor like smoked. That's just something that I I uh, not I saying I've never tried. I've tried it. It's just not for me. And like I said, it's a disciplined lifestyle and. My first coach, uh, he fought Roy Jones Jr. Uh, for the world title at Radio City Musical, Dave Telesco. He uh, he instilled that in us. Like, you want to be a, a champ? It's a short career. He, like, let's say, what, you got 10, 15 years in you? 10, 15 years, you sacrifice. And that's, you know, that's that means no uh, no drugs, no alcohol. no. I mean, I don't like to party, but anyways, but no partying. And that's, like I said, once I retire, maybe I'll go nuts, you know, <laughs> try every drug under the sun. But right now I'm so locked in. It's like, I'm 26. I see myself doing it till 36, 37. If I'm lucky, I, I don't want to box later into that. I don't, I don't think it's healthy to get hit in the head that late, but, um, I, I got another good 10 years in me. And then after that, like I said, we could go from A to Z on everything and then see what I like, what I don't like. But as of right now, that's not for me. Well, what about the sex thing? Because I, I've heard, what is it, semen retention? Supposedly it does something for men where you can deeply focus on something else. Yeah. So for, for me, I, I don't I don't know. I've, I've, uh, I've seen different interviews where like, I know a couple other pro boxers, like Tyson Fury once said he like, he, he masturbates like six times during, like when he's in camp a day. And I'm like, that's absurd. And for me, I just, me personally, I, it, I cut it. Uh, a month a month and a half out from the fight and just you want you want all the testosterone you want to be pent up pissed off and then after that just <laughs> kind of like you know blow your blow a load but it's it's not really um it might be a myth because other like i know brandon rios 
Uh, he's he was he fought for a world title. He would have sex the day after the weigh-ins just to like relieve stress. So I I think it's a mental thing for fighters. Everyone has their own thing, but yeah, it is it is it's not a myth. Some guys don't yeah. cold turkey. I know Tyson. Uh, I think it was like two or three months. He he would leave his house. He wouldn't sleep with his wife. So, Talking about Mike Tyson? Yeah, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson used to. <laughs> Yeah. I read his book a couple of times. Yeah. He used to be having sex in the locker room before he came out. He used yeah. to be he used to be having sex with the um the maids cleaning his hotel yeah, room yeah, before yeah, he yeah. went he to the nuts, fight. He was nuts like that. I think but, he fought but one sadly fight. that was after Castillo passed away. Exactly. Then he was reckless. Yeah, he was he was a wild animal. Yeah, I think he had fought that one fight with a was it a gonorrhea or whatever. He could have taken that's the medication won, for it. That's when he won the title. Yeah, he had the drip. You know, you know how pissed off you had to be to fight with gonorrhea and no medication? Oh, my God. <laughs> he, he wanted to get him knocked down like a minute Yeah, get that medication on him. Oh, man. Uh, that sucks. Speaking of famous boxers, do you have a favorite? Um, Yeah, so I have two favorites. I kind of like to emulate their style is uh, Macho Camacho and uh, Arturo Gatti. So Arturo Gatti for his toughness and Macho Camacho for his, like, his flash, his pizzazz. He always came in the ring looking fly, and then Arturo Gatti was just a fucking dog. Nobody wanted to fight him. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think I know that guy. Yeah, I told guy. Yeah, he's got three. Uh, the the guy that fought Mickey Ward three times. Just fucking nonstop. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Fought the guy with the broken hand from some, like, from round. I forget what round it was, but <laughs> the entire, basically the entire fight. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, he's a dog. Tell us about your debut fight. That was April April 13, 2019, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us, tell us about that, because I know your, your nerves must have been through the roof. Yeah, tell us so about, tell us about like, it all. I was uh, it's a big step from jumping uh, pros and the amateurs, and it's kind of funny because when we were in the back, I was I was nervous. You're nervous for any fight. You don't want to go in there not nervous because then that's not that's yeah. not normal. You're not human. <laughs> so I'm sitting in the back, and I usually smack myself up when I was in the amateurs at least because you have a headgear, so you're like hitting yourself, and you don't really feel it. So my first time, my pro debut, I was I went to go do it, and I hit myself. I'm like, what the fuck? I like my knuckle hit my eye. That's how small the gloves. I'm a small guy. I fight with eight ounce gloves. So I hit it. I'm like, I almost gave myself a black eye and I didn't hit it hard. It's just, that's how much you feel the knuckle on the glove. So I was like, Oh, this is, this is going to be way different. And you know, I, I walk out to the fight. I already in the back of my head, I'm like, I barely touched myself and I felt it. The bell rang. I was like, I got to knock this dude out. And then he hit me with a, you feel everything in the pros. I learned that from day one. Um, he didn't hit me with anything hard, just a jab touched me. But like I said, like I said in the back, like you feel that shit. So I was like, "Wow, this is uh, it's a big jump," but uh, I knocked him out and got, got him out. I think I hit him uh, in his throat. He dropped. <laughs> yeah, I hit him with the throat. I didn't mean to. He was taller than me. But he got up, and then I, I stopped him with a body shot. Nice. But I took from from day one. I was like, "The the pros and the amateurs are a big difference." Tell us about it. Um, even the 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 gloves, like you said, what 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 are the differences? Um, the the gloves and the amateurs are much more padded, and you have a headgear. So the gloves and the amateur, if you're knocking dudes out in the amateur, you must be like fucking. Mike Tyson and Deontay Wilder, like those are big gloves, and you have a headgear. In the pros, it's uh, it's a much smaller glove. It's more um, evenly balanced, so it's not straight knuckle. So the pad wouldn't be like this. The pads everywhere, so that it balances out the weight. And uh, you're not fighting with ten ounces. You're fighting with eight ounces, and that's a big difference. What what other differences? Uh, no headgear. You get punched in the face. Um, the length too, other rounds or anything. Yeah, the length. No, the, um, I was fighting. So in the amateurs, you have your novice and your open division. Novice is two minutes, three rounds. Open is three minutes, three rounds. And now in the pros, I'm no. Uh, yeah, the rounds two. I'm fighting four rounds. I started four and then six, and now I'm fighting six. And then after six, you go eight, and then you keep climbing up to you fight the twelve rounds for a world title. Nice. So yeah. Well, what is your weight division? Um, 
I started off at 26 featherweight, and then I, I, I was later on in the fights, I realized I'm much too small for that weight class. So now we're fighting at anywhere from 118 to 120, which is bantamweight. Phantom weight? No, bantamweight. Bantam. Yeah, phantom sounds cool, though, right? Yeah, it does. Man. <laughs> nah, bantamweight. <laughs> phantomweight, that's right. <laughs> Just made up a class right there. Yeah, right. Well, um, what is CES Boxing? CES Boxing is uh, the promotional company I'm fighting for. I'm under contract with them for uh, another two fights. So they, they host fights uh, anywhere up in Rhode Island and Connecticut area, mostly the casinos. So, so what does that mean that you have a contract with them? Um, I'm I know it means you have yeah. a, a certain amount of fights you yeah. need to do with them, but like, what what is it? Uh, no, I'm just signed to Jimmy Birchfield, so that's who I who I, uh, my promoter is, so that's who I fight for. And then, I mean, I could fight out of it. I just have to. Oh, you can? Yeah. Okay. But that means I just have to get three fights from them. I uh, see. I see. What about mental health? Do you do you, um, do, you do anything for that? Because I know it's very stressful, especially being in the ring. You could go in there reckless or, or, or you know, meditate, maybe it's level-headed or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sitting here and lie to you saying that I'm level-headed. I, I'm a high-head, man, and it's like my coach could tell you, like, I get hit, and then I'm like, all right, game plan's out the window. But, man, when if I, like, when I'm on and I'm listening, it's it's a different Carlos. Like, but I got, like I said, I'm a hothead, so I get hit. But I, I'm learning to deal with that, man. It's uh like now in between rounds, like I'll close my eyes and just, just concentrate on my breathing and just be like, you know, reset, new round, reset, new round. But um, I, I don't know. I think I should definitely, everyone should work on their mental health, but it's uh, it's kind of hard when you get punched in the face. You, both of <laughs> you guys are trying to knock each other's teeth in, so it's not it's not a sport for it, I think, but definitely should. No, but I definitely meant outside of, you know, boxing. Do you see a therapist or anything like that? Oh, no, no. No? No, I mean, like. So that's like my my father's worked a full time job his entire life. Never seen a therapist. Yeah. You know, I'm, I I take that approach. Like, I think <laughs> I think South. I mean, like not uh, South Americans. Like just Latinos in general. Like they don't believe in mental health. And I'm taking that approach. Like I I don't see anything wrong. Like I got to work. You know, it's just part of life. I got I got to go to the gym. It's part of life. So I just take it on the chin and keep it banging. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And uh, how strict is your diet? What 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 do you got going on? So when I'm cutting to 118, I'm fucking strict as shit. One, one, so when I'm full camp, it's a one big meal at work. And then I fast till the next day, one big meal again. And then when I'm not like right now, I'm in camp, but I'm fighting at a higher weight. I'm fighting at 126 this time. So I'm already basically, I'm 128. That's two pounds. It's just a shit. And I'm at the weight class. So right now we're all eating very clean, but I can eat a little bit more because I'm not fighting at my natural weight at 118. Nice. So, so what is the diet exactly? What the diet? So protein. Like, I'm assuming. Yeah. No. It's 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 funny because everyone's like, oh, like how do you cut? I I cut a lot of weight. Sometimes I'm cutting from thirty one thirty five to one eighteen. So like, how do you do it? It's just I've been cutting weight since I was uh, thirteen, fourteen wrestling. <laughs> so it's just it's it's a lot of unhealthy cuts. Just starve yourself. Uh, <laughs> just all water weight. Um, but me personally, I like to be happy in camp. I don't want to be miserable eating like shit that I don't want to eat. So, like, I'll have a very big meal of just clean food, like chicken, bro- broccoli, vegetables, and then maybe a little pasta because I'm, I'm a fat fuck. I like pasta. <laughs> but um, And then I'll, that'll hold me over because I'm not eating the entire day. So, that'll hold me over to the next day with two work, uh, three workouts. So, I'm, I'm burning way more than that. So, yeah. I can have a very big meal to hold me over to the next day. But it's all mental. It's very mental. I've done a three-day water fast. As a third day, I'm like, holy shit. You're not even hungry after the second. How much of boxing is mental and how much of it is physical? 
Um, you know, Mike Tyson, he's, I, I'm a big fan of Mike yeah. Tyson. He used to always say stuff like, um, I don't know, like 80-20 or something like that. He, he's defeating his his opponent mentally before he even steps in the ring. Dude, he, he beat guys before they stepped in the ring. Like, the, the guys guys were looking at him like, that's Mike Tyson across from me. And they were, when you think like that, you're already lost. Yeah, 100%. So I, I look at it like, man, he bleeds, I bleed. He's a man, I'm a man. He's not a god. Yeah. Only The only person that could beat me in this ring is, is God. And if we're both bleeding, <laughs> somebody's, you know, somebody's getting hurt. So, but, um... I don't know. Like it's it's a very mental game, and if you're not mentally sharp, and you're going in there thinking you're gonna knock everyone out with no game plan, and you think it's just brute force, it's not. Like those guys with big muscles, they get tired in like a round. All that oxygen has to go to their muscles and stuff. But I would say I I would say eighty twenty, just like Mike said. Yeah, really. A lot of guys would be fifty fifty. Guys say fifty fifty have never been punched in the face because then you have to think <laughs> about it afterwards. It's it's you're in there playing chess. Like how am I gonna beat this guy? You gotta be like meticulous. You, there's a lot that goes into it and yeah. it's not just oh hey i'm gonna just keep in this guy until he goes down because that plan goes out the window when you're in there with like let's say a tough mexican that's got hard heads <laughs> like you can't knock those guys out you gotta bring a gun in there sometimes <laughs> knock them out but um Dang. yeah like i say that that happens right you gotta switch now i gotta box the guy the boxing don't work now i gotta move and box i gotta give him a weaving style it's it's very very mental hell yeah I can't even imagine it. not knowing who the fighter is too or what he's been through. Mm-hmm. The, like that happens, right? You don't, you haven't, you can't even see a fight on video of of some of these boxers, right? Yeah, early in your career, like um, they'll just give you a name, and there's not like there's no tape, there's no tape. You know, you just got to do with like this is his record, this is what he's done. Make do with what you got. Damn, like, yeah. that's tough. So like the guy I'm fighting now, he's a he's an MMA guy. I watch a lot, a bunch of his MMA fights. Uh, I don't think he's got nothing for me. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking blow through him, but I'm training like, like he's better than me. That's how I. That's how I like anyone that I'm training for is better than me. So I, I said, you know what? Let's take this fight. He's a bigger guy, but let's get him out of there. It's uh, two and one with two knockouts. All right. Yeah. I like it. That's gonna be a good one. He can push forward as much as he wants. He's gonna get dropped. I'm telling you. Nice. I, I got, like I said, I got nine months of fire in me. That's so I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking ready to punch through a wall, man. Nice. Yeah. I'm ready. Are, are you in the ring? You're trying to hurt people or just win the fight, like points and technically and all that? No, I want to hurt you. I want to hurt, <laughs> hurt you, man. It's like, I like that. you know, it's you're in there. Like you can't go in there with, like I want to win on points. I I, I want to hurt you. I want you to know that you were in the ring with Carlos all in Vegas, like. You want? I want you to go home and think about that. Like, damn, this motherfucker really hurts. You know, he, he everything he hits you with hurts. Just pressure, pressure, pressure. That that's the kind of fight that I like to put. And when I'm on, like I said, I don't think anyone's beating me. So I definitely want to hurt them. Change their face. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like that. How many months before a fight you're training, or, or, or do you just train all year? I train all year. Um, but now as I'm getting older, uh, I would definitely like. I take a week, week or two off the fights now. I usually used to take a couple of days and right back in the gym, but now I take a week or two off, just reset, and right into camp. But I'm in the gym all year round because you never know when you get a big, big call like, "Hey, this is this fight was offered to you." Um, and do you want to be that guy that's fat on the couch and ah oh, fuck, I gotta lose the weight, or you want to be the guy that's in the gym all the time? You get a phone call at a moment's notice. Hey, you got three weeks to get ready. You want to take the fight? Yeah, I'm been in the gym. I just gotta tighten things up, take the fight. When it comes to the greatest of all time, you know, F- Floyd Mayweather is, is on a high pedestal because he's undefeated, especially. Do you think he's the greatest? 
Uh, I think he's the greatest businessman of all time. You know? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, he's still getting paid. He's like he's fighting. <laughs> I don't. He's fighting guys I've never even heard of. Getting paid more than world champs. You know that's why it's like he's the greatest businessman of all time. But um, as far as all greatest of all time, I I would say Roberto Duran when he was when he was on he was fucking like again a guy that would just want to hurt you. Like he didn't want to fight. He wanted to hurt you. <laughs> Fucking slap Sugar Ray Leonard's wife in the ass or whatever. He's nuts, man. Yeah. He's a dog. You have advice for aspiring boxers? Try golf. <laughs> Try golf. Now, um, it's a like I said, it's a very disciplined sport, man. If you if you can if you're not a hundred percent, it's not for you. It's not for for you. It's it's gotta be both foot in the door, hundred percent of your time. Um, not one foot in, one foot out, and just go for it and make it as long of a career as you can. Like it's hard for me. I'm I'm not I'm kind of, I'm not one foot in one foot out, but I'm working a full time job. A lot of these guys don't work a full time job, but yeah, I got that dog in me. You know? I, that doesn't affect me. Like I said, I go back to that Spanish mentality of my father's worked two full time jobs his entire life to give me and my brother and sister the life that that we wanted. And you know he's he's fifty five, I think. Yeah, fifty five because his birthday's uh, in April. Um, yeah, he's still doing it, man. He's like so. Like I'll take I'll take that as like. That's my mental health. When I need, like, man, you're tired. Yo, your dad's fucking been up for fucking eight hours already. He's going to work again. Like, shut the fuck up. Get your overtime in. Go to the gym. Go to work. You can't complain, man. So he's, he's instilled that to me, and I'm very thankful for my father. He, I wouldn't be the man I am uh, without him. Shout out, Pop. Yeah. You sound amazing. Hard worker. And we, we are what we know we are, what we came from. So growing up, just seeing his work ethic, it's, it's automatically instilled in you. Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> That's awesome. I'm glad. Are you religious? Um, I'm not, but so like I guess that is another funny story. Well, so let's get um, into yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so um I'm baptized Mormon, but I don't follow it. It's just it's like it's very silly like it's kinda like a silly religion, I think. But I believe in God. Um I just haven't found the the church that I uh, I'm leaning towards. But I just like I was baptized Mormon at a very early, early age, and it's like every time someone asks, "Oh, religion?" I'm like, "Oh, Mormon." They look at you like, "Oh, you got seven wives." Listen, I was like, I was I was young, you know. I was now now much older. I do believe in God, but um, just gotta find my religion, Christianity. I haven't all that. I don't so, know. so you grew up Mormon. Your your family's Mormon. Yeah, my family's my my grandmother's side of the family is Mormon. My father's side is Catholic. All right. Yeah, because I, I know Catholic to be more of like a Hispanic. Religion. Yeah, so, so I was like, Mormon is a curveball. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? When'd you go to Utah? <laughs> yeah. So when you say belief, because I've been doing a lot of religion searching and soul searching, what do you really think God is, though? To you, because you and you believe, so I know you know what it is. But is there any way you could explain it in words? Um, that's a good question, man. I've never really thought of it like. I just I I believe there's a greater being. I you I maybe people call God other other words. You know, is your God white? Is your God black? Is your God Spanish? Some people call God uh, the universe. Yeah. So yeah, that's a deep question, man. I w I would say, yeah, like I said, there's a greater power out there. I just I me personally, I just want to believe like after I go, it's not just black. There's other stuff to it, whether it's reincarnation or Heaven or hell. Hopefully it's not hell for me. You know, hopefully it's heaven. <laughs> unless, you know, unless hell's a good time, but still. <laughs> hell is definitely a good yeah, time. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, maybe let you see, like, you know, it's a sliding door. It's like, this is heaven, this is hell. 
Which one do you want? I was like, oh, can I preview hell? No. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no. <laughs> no, how hot is it in there? How hot is it? Who's the first person you think of when you think of success? I'll go back to my father. Um, you know, he had my brother at 14, man. And just to wrap my head around being 14 with a kid is is nuts. And not only did he do that, but he left his country with like... Well, it's like a couple hundred dollars in his pocket, came to the United States and just never stopped working, not speaking the language, you know, and just came and fucking worked and worked and worked, bought a house. And then just like I said, just he basically sacrificed his life to give us a better life. So when I look at success, I I look at my father and I'm like, you know, that's the man I want to be. Beautifully said. <clears throat> your father sounds like an amazing person he, he is man <laughs> i wish I, it, I my goal is to get to boxing to where i can retire him so i'm not gonna stop until i can you know that's beautiful he's um he's been with your mother the whole time uh, yeah um they just got divorced this year but they were together 36 years that's beautiful yeah they just wow. but they just got divorced this year so it's it happens. Was it a good split, at least? It was a very good split, amicable, but, but yeah. Good. Thirty six years is a long time. It is, yeah. it is. Yeah. But, you know, they, they say people change, like, every seven years or something like that. So, imagine 36 years of, of both people changing and evolving. I, I mean, it's kind of like it was a... I mean, think about being with your first girlfriend and then having a kid with her. <laughs> that's basically what happened. Like, that's yeah, crazy. 14. Yeah, so it was like... It was a, not a forced relationship because they loved each other, but... I mean, that's why, like, I'm thinking, imagine my first girlfriend, you had a kid, like, oh, fuck. I don't think I would have married her through the six years. <laughs> Maybe a couple months. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm in the United States and be like, oh, I'll send you child support, yeah. peace. <laughs> like, nah, but again, yeah, it's, they made it work, man. That's so, beautiful. Huh? Even though it ended, them. that's beautiful. That's very beautiful. Yeah. What are three things you need to be happy? You know, I would say, um, a happy partner, whether you're gay or straight, um, money, and travel. I think every time I, I go somewhere new, I'm happy. It's just like you've seen the world is just like, let's say my worst day is someone's best day. And this guy, there's people out there with like nothing. And we complain about fucking everything. Like we have fucking, we have it so good here. It's crazy, man. So people have don't everything. have running water. So it's like when you, tra- when you travel, You'll be happy. You come home appreciative. Like, damn, I have hot water. Damn, I have food in the fridge, you know? I have electricity. <laughs> and they're happy, and they have less. Yeah, way less. It's crazy. What's the most exciting thing you ever did? Uh, I would say propose to my girlfriend. Well, now fiance. That was fucking the nerves, buying the ring. You know, I've been with her 11 years now. Um, It's a... Uh, I was it was a lot that led into it and it's it's unfortunate like I said I was I wanted I wanted her to come in the ring and all that but again worst day best day so that that definitely is one of the happiest days of my life nice very nice you and your father fall in love young yeah yeah that basically I've been <laughs> right? 15 I'm 26 and still with my girl man that's deep. no kid yet though no kid yet not going <laughs> yeah. nah, it's good good you guys uh you know it's there's always the better way to do it. That's why tradition, tradition always says get married before you do it because you have to grow. You have to grow that love and then have a kid. Having yeah, a kid you, young and in the beginning of a relationship, it just makes things harder. 
feel like it's forced. 100%. Be like, yeah. now, now I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, now I'm stuck. Doing it for the kid. Yeah, so I mean, like, we're 11 years in and no kid, but I know I know her, she knows me. She could finish my sentences, that's how well she knows me. So it's just like, you know, now now I'm ready for it. If it happens, it happens, but I'm not panicking like, oh, do I want a kid? No, of course. I'm 11 years in, I know what I want. Yeah, and the original question was the most exciting thing you ever did, and that's, I don't know everything you've done in your life but that's something that's a decision you make that is lifelong yeah. proposing that's a lifelong decision have you have throughout your life made any other lifelong decisions no right no. that's one of the major ones you make besides I, like a tattoo yeah i think yeah that i mean i've, I've had some feeling like i fucking tattoo at 14 and i'm fucking there you go it's, that, was, that was stupid but um yeah man, that's like you said it's a lifelong decision so if that's not your happiest moment in your life like you fucked up, bro. Yeah, like, that it's is forever. It's forever. I mean, not just like um, religiously sense, but it's you picked your partner. It's, if you picked your partner wrong, then I mean, yeah, there's divorce, but you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then you fucking the ring, the wedding, and you look an asshole. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. it's just a waste of both people's time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what would be the best piece of advice you'd give your younger self? Um, I would say go to college. Go to college and experience it because uh, I didn't go to college. I went to trade school. So I, I uh, trade school was 13 months. And then I've been working since uh, I would say 18 straight, straight out of uh, school on cars. So I would definitely say experience college, uh, get a degree in that. All fell back on because working on cars is very taxing. You come home, you're tired. Yeah, that's it's kind of like you're working out all day. It's not like you're, there's no bullshitting. You're working on cars all day long, cold, hot. Customers are assholes. You're fucking driving for fucking wind noise for fucking an hour. It's just it's just stupid shit all day long. And I would definitely tell my younger self, you know, focus more on school and boxing. I I, I focused on boxing, but I'm saying focus more on school, and then be uh my younger self's advice more school. I fucked around way too much in school. I'm gonna be the class clown and. It's like that meme where the guy's driving the car. It's like that's what that's what you get. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm very happy. Like I make good money. It's not, yeah. it's not, but I could I could you know I could have an office job or something. But I'm not I'm not knocking. I'm happy with where I'm working. At. I'm happy where I'm at. I don't I didn't see myself being where I'm at. You know, I'm working on at a, a high end electric uh, car company. I just saw myself staying. I was a Cadillac for five years. Saw myself staying there and then tried Tesla. And now I'm at Lucid. So just kept moving up. Really, there's a Lucid here. Yeah, no, it's not here, so it's, it's a shitty fucking drive. I drive uh, all the way to Long Island. Oh, my God. Yeah. <clears throat> that's tough. It is tough. When there's traffic, that sucks. Yeah, so that's what... It's like I had to work my my uh, workouts around the traffic sometimes, so I get to the gym a little later or earlier. Dedication and sacrifice. That's right, baby. You gotta that's get it, it done. That's it. Do you have any regrets? Um, I don't, I don't say regrets. I would say lessons. And... I don't like to live my life with no regrets, man. I'm, I'm a gambling guy, so once the money's in, that's gone, man. That's gone. And you, you gamble? I gamble. That's like so. I don't smoke or drink, man. But shit, do I love to gamble? I gamble on fucking two cockroaches crossing the street. <laughs> I love to gamble. That's how I get my excitement. It's you know, I work hard for my money. I should be able to spend it on whatever I want. I don't have a kid at the moment, so I you yeah. know. But when the kid comes and the gambling stops, yeah, it makes you gotta, sense. Yeah, you gotta live a little bit, and like yeah. I said, I don't go, I don't go partying, I don't go drinking, but I do like to gamble. What do I wouldn't play? say it's a problem, but I like to gamble. Good. Well, what do you play? So what don't I play, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I play everything. Uh, what's your favorite game? Uh, I would say craps. 
Yeah, I like to sh- I like to shoot crabs, but man, I've I've done it. I played CeeLo a fucking in some very ghetto places. <laughs> played fucking um, and you name it, poker, fucking all underground spots. Just real young too, man. I was like seventeen, eighteen, like pulling up to underground poker spots to ask for ID because I was so young. Just like. Like, you know, underground spot with a fake ID just playing poker. <laughs> just like, not a crackhead, but kind of like a crackhead. Because, like, I'd find yeah. my fix and be like, oh, they got a game in Brooklyn. They got a game in Stanford. They got wow. a game in North Show. Yeah. Like, at one point, I knew a game every every day of the week. Like, wow. I didn't even have to go to the casino. Yeah. That was young, Carl. You know, that, that would be another one. Another advice would be, you know, um, take poker more seriously. I mean, I could have turned pro playing poker, but um, it's a lot of time. And I don't think you can play poker and box at the same time because you're you could put like a, a nine ten hour session on at a cash game and then you have to go to work and go to the gym and then when i was trying to do that i was dogging work and dogging the gym so i i gave up the poker dream and just now i just gamble <laughs> now nah, but you know what <clears throat> you could if you're decent at poker you know how you say you have to sit there for many hours yeah. you make that your full-time job that's your income i i've i've had friends that make that my income and they're my age and bald it's it's stress. Like, see, I got I got I got a hairline. Got a good hairline, but but they're my age and bald, and it's it's man. You see it on their face. Like, you gotta think about it. Like, you're at the table. You got your bankroll. Like, let's say your bankroll for that session is a thousand dollars. I have income coming in from other places. I I don't have to worry about it. if I blow a thousand dollars. I'm fucked. When that's your full time job and you blow that thousand, you're fucked. That is your only income. So then you have to go to like. Do I tap in the next week's bankroll? Do I? What am I doing? So it's it's a lot on the line, and it's not it's it's stress, man. It's very stress. I paid for vacations mm-hmm. playing poker, like you know, I've like, I've gone my, my girlfriend to Hawaii, the Bahamas, all off playing poker. I just I just haven't been grinding with it as much. So I just focused on boxing, and at the moment, maybe when I retire, I pick it back up. But yeah, no. There you go, man. Yeah, I, I like poker too, man, and it's doable. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> like you said, it's stress because if you think about it. How often is a round? Maybe every five, ten minutes? Depends on how like how, how high stakes you're playing, but yeah, about five, ten minutes. So let's say every five, ten minutes and you're doing it for eight hours a day, your mind is going through so many numbers and situations for every five, ten minutes. Oh, it, it, is, it's it, it is definitely stressful. Like, yeah, I've, right. I've seen all my boys. They, they age crazy. And then it's like you're sitting there and my, my thing, my big thing was when I was playing, I was like, all right, you sit at the table. The first hour... You got to find the fish. If you don't find the fish in the first hour, you you're are the fish. The fish. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know how many times I'm like, motherfucker, you're the fish. Yo, uh, that's hilarious. Stress, man. It's not. It's not an. It's not an easy way to make a living, but you can. Wow. You can. Yeah, you definitely can. But that's hilarious. Yeah. If you can't find the fish, you're the fish, dude. I kept. <laughs> so my my last thing when I was I was playing poker for um not for a living but just to make money a lot of money. We were in the Bahamas with my uh, fiance now and. So I uh, I was killing it cash. I was playing two five five five. I must have been up a couple thousand, like five six thousand. And then they had the um the PCA the national whatever tournament. It was like a yeah. it was like a fifteen hundred dollar buy in. Wow. So I tell my girl like give the whole speech. I'm like yo, this is gonna this is gonna change our life. Blah blah blah. And then <laughs> I get the ticket, fucking fifteen hundred dollars. Sit at the table, fucking an hour passes by. I'm like oh fuck, I'm the fish. I bu- I busted in an hour. <laughs> So I went, I went, <laughs> went to the bathroom, gave myself a peck talk. I was like, motherfucker, you ain't going out like that. <laughs> Bought back in again. We're in 3,000 now. 
two hands busted. <laughs> two hands. So after that, I was like, mind you, the whole trip, I was up like 6,000. Like, we, we were, you know, fucking cash game, go out. Cash game, go out. Because we were on vacation. So we always had an activity panda for the next day. So, like, I'd make the money, we'd blow the money. Make the money, blow the money. Wow, so it was, nice dude, trip. it was a dope, like, no, like, we were balling out that trip. And then the last day, I would have came home with, like, 4,500, I think it was. And then I balled back in two times and got cooked. And then I left with Oh, not even. Well, even because fifteen hundred you came home with, right? <laughs> no, because I bought back. I bought. I bought back in. But forty five hundred, you bought back back in for three thousand. Yeah, three thousand. No, no. Then I played cash. But at oh, that point, so, so then I, you know, after blowing it, I was like, you know what? Let me go back to my bread and butter, which is cash game. I'm not patient for the tournaments, so I went back and um, again. I don't know if your listeners would know what tilted is. It's a gambling term. Like yeah. when you lose a lot. You don't see the cards correctly. You're just hot, and you want to all in, all in, all in, and you, I all in, and fucking another thirty minutes, fifteen hundred, and then me and my girl went back. Yeah, you're not being strategic. You're just trying to make your money back. Yeah, man, it's it's a lot of funny stories with me with poker, man. It was like we were in Cali one time. Uh, I had my hand uh, hurt my hand, so I was out of work for a month. So we were out in Cali just vacationing it, and we were playing poker every night. I was making, <laughs> yo, we were grinding at the casino like fucking four or five hours after spending the whole wow. day whatever she wanted to do, and then. We had to go grind and make the money at the casino because I wasn't working. And, dude, I, I was killing it. I was fucking killing it. And then fucking the last day, we fucking were like, yo, let's go to Vegas. Three-hour drive from Cali. So get to Vegas. Blew the entire bankroll. Fucking day. I told my girl at the table <laughs> at the time, I was like, yo, I have like three, dollars $400 left. I was like, just book the flight home. <laughs> <laughs> she booked the flight home at the table for the next day. It was like, I want to go home. Hard. I want to yeah, go home. Too much gambling. <laughs> That's awesome. You mentioned a lot about traveling. You have any places you haven't been to that you want to go? That I, yeah, I definitely want to do South Africa. Um, I want to do uh, South Africa, Greece, uh, more Europe. Yeah, I've, I've really been over there. I've been to Turkey, uh, South America, and then the States a lot. What about Hawaii. South Africa makes you want to go there? The safari, the wildlife. I want to go see the the sharks. They got the fucking uh, shark week over there. Not not doing a white people show where I get in the cage. <laughs> Fuck that. Too many horror movies about that. <laughs> Way too many. Yeah, just just experience it, you know. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, they, the wildlife the wa- is different over there. Definitely. Yeah, you yeah. fucking get eaten by a lion, dude. Fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Overall life goals. You've mentioned your boxing goals. You mentioned retiring your father, but everything else. Um, my biggest goal would be when I have kids. To be the role model my father was to them, so my father was never, never said no to me. So and I, now the older the older I get, I'm just like, damn man, I was I was blessed. Like even if like let's say because if he didn't have it, he'd be like, hey dad, like can I get these Jordans. I don't know how he made it happen, but he made it happen. And like I want to do that for my so that would be my goal. Like my kid is like, hey, I want this uh this car when I'm 16. Like my dad did for me, I'll make it happen for him. Like you know. What I got, I want to give back. And I, I loved my childhood, so I just want to give that childhood back to when I have kids. That would be my goal. That's beautiful, and And you didn't come out spoiled. That's awesome. No, <laughs> not at all, easily. Man. You follow sounds like, like a great guy. It's, it's just, you know, it's funny because he likes to gamble too, so I'm like, it's <laughs> fuck. I think I got It might be a, a family thing because I get it from his, uh, his dad, um, his mom, my dad's mom. I mean, my dad's, uh, my mom's dad. They all... They love to gamble. Uh, and I always told them, I was like, I would go to the casino because I was at a young, they were bringing me to the casino at a young age. I was like, this shit is fucking horrible. 
I turned 17 and I, I passed for fake ID. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I can see why they love this shit. <laughs> but, man, yeah. that's sick. <clears throat> it definitely runs in the family. Man, do you have social media? Oh, uh, yeah. I got Instagram and uh, Facebook. All right, let's do it. Um, let the people know where they can find you, yeah. anything you have coming up, and any last advice you like to give the viewers. Uh, you guys can follow me on uh, fa- Instagram at cvenegas914. Uh, I think 914. Let me see. I just changed my fucking Instagram a couple times right now. Uh, and then we got the fight February 3rd. Uh, so see Venegas914 on Instagram and then Carlos Venegas on Facebook. And we got February 3rd, Mohegan Sun. Come out. Tickets, uh, link in my bio. I just want to thank all my sponsors. Uh, and if any sponsorship opportunities, you got another week, get on the shorts, hit me up. Let's make it happen. And then for the last word of advice, if any young fight, up-and-coming fighters would be, don't be lazy. 100% or no percent. I like that. 100% or no percent. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Peace and love.